All right, and this week I'm joined with Dean Sear, who um, the new album is coming out uh, November 6th. Um, moments of uh, inspiration, man. How does it how does it feel? I know that this is an album that you've been, I guess you can say, working on for a while because you know the recordings are from all these different periods of your of your life, and and now it's finally um, coming to fruition. What what does it what does it feel like to almost be on the other side? Yes, thank you, and um, appreciate uh, your help with that. And uh, it's uh, it's been a really cool process. You know, it's my first album. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm happy to see it, uh, coming out soon. Yeah, it definitely has been uh, a lot of, uh, work and, um, I'm, I'm really happy with how, with how it's coming out. Um, so what, you, you know, what made you want to kind of do, um, the project the way that you did, you know, cause I think sometimes when, when people first think of releasing a record, there's a you know, it's, it's mostly from one recording session, if not two, you know, there's a specific uh, purpose and direction they want to go, whether it's like an artistic vision or a specific band they wanted to play with and whatnot. And this one definitely has uh, different bands and, and, and different times across your life life. I mean, I think like some of the tunes are from several years apart. Um, so what was, what made you decide to kind of go that route? Um, the route of having the album be from different sessions. Yeah. From different sessions and just, uh, even different bands and everything. Like how did you come to deciding that these were the tunes that you wanted to be on the record? Yeah. So I think, you know, a lot, of, as you said, a lot of people have a specific, um, well, first of all, a lot of people have, you know, they make an album from one recording session and, um, I've played on albums like that. And uh, it's great, but you know the the advantage of have of um, making a record from different sessions is that you just have more to choose from. So that's one thing. Um, just the fact that I could pick things um, from I, I just have a, a large pool of recordings and um, being able to pick things that I still connect with. You know, uh, with the uh, the advantage of uh, retrospect, seeing what still I you know what I still is think, what I think is still uh still something that I uh, feel good about that represents my music, and uh, each of the songs kind of I feel like shows a different side of uh, of my music in a way. Do you um, you know, let's say someone was listening to you for the first time. Do you still feel that? all of these recordings are, are um, indicative of your playing and or writing now, or do you think it's more of like um, highlighting maybe some of like uh, your growth as a musician? Hmm. Um, I think these are all parts of how I play still. Um, I mean the the older the oldest recordings from uh, on this album are from seven years ago, yeah. um, and I I guess maybe I've I wouldn't it's hard for me to say that I've uh, changed that much because I still ver feel very much connected with uh, um, 
some of these songs, especially like Two for the Road. It's going to be on the mm -hmm. album. It's a ballad that, um, I don't know, you know, it's just a, a beautiful ballad. So it's kind of hard. It, it's hard to feel like I've, uh, I've changed in a way in the way I'm playing it. Also in general, this whole album, I'm trying to play, uh, the melodies, not have too many solos, just have something that's, um, you know, kind of short and sweet and is fun and, and, uh, to listen to something you can, you can listen to with a lot of detail, obviously, but also something you can kind of just put, put on, you know, with the, with your family on the weekend and, and just enjoy it that way. Now, uh, here's what's kind of interesting, I guess, for me, right? I think, because this is your first record that you're releasing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think when um, a lot of people do their first albums, there's there's some things that maybe come up um, that they weren't necessarily expecting. Because I, I think for a lot of musicians, like, that that's the first move for them, you know, is like booking the recording session. And that, that from their perspective might be, you, you know, the pinnacle of it. Like, like once I get past the studio date and have it all recorded, like I'm good, there we go. Um, for you coming at it from this perspective of like, you've had these recordings done, you know, and um, cause I think the, the latest ones were like 2019 uh, out of the tracks that were on the album. Yes. What was it like, you know, actually putting that all together and working on the logistics behind it you know like what were some of those things that you learned that um when you do your next album you're like well maybe i'll do this a little bit differently or this worked very well or even to your own students you know you would be like hey you know here's some advice that i have or, or something you should think about before you go into this process yourself you know it's we have a tendency as people i guess to just be perfectionist and try to make everything um you know plan everything in a in advance but it's um it's it's hard to do At the end of the day you know it's music and um sometimes it works and sometimes it it, it works but you know it's not it doesn't work to the same extent so i think again for me having the having tunes with different uh from different sessions different vibes that we're playing uh different bands that all helped me to create diversity in the album and um just i don't know just as far as it, you know, giving an advice to to other people that do it, so I think I think it'd be good for for them also to just have more more options and pick the moments that actually worked, you know, because you never know when it's gonna work. But once it works, you know. So you listen back, and uh, and you have enough options, you're gonna find the good ones. Right, right. Now, um, the other thing too is this album, I. Think there are there any originals? I think six is the only one, right? That that you've kind of contributed some original con uh, um, compositions to, right? Yes. So how um, how was that? Because I think sometimes uh, like doing standards or whatnot can be both um, comforting because we feel like maybe we know it so well, but it can also be kind of a little daunting because of you have these, you know. Um, 
reference recordings, if you will, you know, like recording, like, you know, the song Cherokee, for example, like everyone, there's so many recordings of Cherokee. You're uh, to some people that might be a little daunting to be like, well, how does mine stand up against theirs? Like, how did you uh, deal with that? If you saw that it was something that um, you had to deal with. Does that kind of make sense? It definitely makes sense. I think, you know, when I listen to other people's recordings, uh, yes, a lot of people write their own music and, you know, I've written a lot of, of music, mostly arrangements, but, but a lot of compositions as well. Um, and I, I have a feeling that a lot of times we, when we listen to, uh, other people's recordings, we want to hear them play standards. We want to hear them play music that we know. So I, for, with this album, I, I came at it. I just wanted to, uh, do something that people will enjoy you know so um so i was like you know why why not why not play those songs and th those songs have stood the test of time um but yeah obviously there's a lot of merit to play uh playing original compositions and and yes to b back to your other question yes i'm gonna i think i'm gonna write more original music for my uh next albums but i i really like that uh it's recognizable music and uh, and thinking back about music when I grew up and listened to, you know, some of the older musicians obviously played, you know, these older tunes, but even uh, you probably also, because, you know, you play trumpet. So I remember like listening to uh, Winton, Winton Marsalis' record at the Vanguard when he plays Cherokee. Yeah. And... And bird playing Cherokee. I don't know. It's just the, the seems like those uh, those recordings stand out in my mind even more than the original compositions. When thinking about you know albums that I really enjoyed, um, that makes sense. No, I mean it does. It does a lot. I just um, you know it's 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 an interesting balance because I think like as a musician um, myself thinking about this, you know you're like you go to these records, you know, and recordings that stand out and whatnot of whatever standard it is, you know, like those recordings of Cherokee or um, whomever playing the song. And that's kind of like where we learn. And I think that's where all of our uh, becomes like such a strong reference point that sometimes it's, it's, it's easy to like constantly be comparing yourself to that. Whereas with the, one of the safety nets, if you will, I guess, of doing an original is then uh, there is no Wint Marcellus playing your original to compare it to, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, standards are beautiful. I don't mean to sound like I'm I'm knocking that at all. I mean, you know, you have on here, uh, I'll be with you in Apple Blossom time and spring can really hang you up the most. Like, talk about uh, uh, beautiful melodies yeah. alone. You know, there's a reason that tunes are standards it's because they did the job really really well uh and who says that always has to be you know changed or or uh reimagined if you will you know right and also you know another thing is um it's kind of it kind of reminds me i know but there was probably some musicians you know who'd be listening to this reminds me of uh what i tell students sometimes about auditions which is what i learned from my auditions um, when I, uh, auditioned for Juilliard, for example, every time I did well in an audition, it was just me playing 
just doing what I do, you know, and not being too much in my head. And I think, um, you know, we grow up as jazz musicians and we play all these standards and uh, that's what we do, you know, because I could, I could write some, I don't know, you know, some uh, R&B music, which I, I really like, but, you know, I could, I could write some other stuff. I could, I could do anything, but, but it doesn't really, it's not what I'm best at. You know, what I'm best at is from having played at jam sessions, having, you know, having played with a lot of jazz musicians for years, playing these standards, that sensibility of melody that's, you know, per, kind of particular, that kind of rhythm. Um, that that's, I feel like that's my specialty and I don't want to venture. I, I want to venture, but I'm trying to hold myself, you know, keep myself from doing that a little bit sometimes. Do you, um, you know, and here's an interesting, I guess, question is when you do these standards, you know, how much, um, like arranging do you want to put into it? You know, because there's some people that are very much reimagined, uh, standards and they're nothing like the original recording. And there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that per se. Um, but for you, you know, what, what was your thought when you approached these where you're like, okay, I want to take and put the Dean spin on this. Like I want to reimagine maybe some of the harmony or, or, or bring out this rhythmic aspect or, or something, or was, for you, was it like, you know, let me take the, the, the way this was done because it was done so beautifully and just add in my voice where I can throughout. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, I agree with you. I really like when people, uh, you know, mix it up um and and play music that's familiar for me when i listen to it and and see what they uh what they come up with uh and it's kind of hard um i was about to say it's hard to tell what's going to work but that's not you know it's just um yeah it's like the proof is in the pudding you know some someone is doing something if it works it works uh with for me um I'll be with you in Apple Blossom Time is just a really beautiful string arrangement uh, that Gabe Schneider were, uh, wrote, which I think, it, you know, that it was already set up for me to sound, for it to sound nice. You know, there was, I didn't really need to do that much um, because it's, I guess it's, it's still pretty fresh, at least for my ears to hear um, a jazz band playing with a string orchestra. I mean, it's definitely been done, but not as much as like a quartet recording. So that's already to me, that's enough of like a new enough of like some new element in that recording. Um, so each, each song is different for two for the road, for example, another really nice ballad. Um, I wrote an arrangement. Uh, there is also some reharm that the piano player wrote. So there's some new elements, the the hand drumming, the the drummer I think came up with that Noam. Um so there are some some touches of different things, but I don't think any of the tunes is like extremely different from uh you know, it's not it's not very different from how you would play it uh um normally. Spring can really hang you up the most is an interesting one because I really had this vision night before the session of, uh, and only in retrospect, I realized what it was. I had, I wanted to play the intro, um, 
and I heard like a specific vibe. I didn't know what it was. Only at the recording, Dan Stein, the bass player, told me because uh, I started singing it, and then he was like, "Oh, it sounds like uh, the intro to I Believe I Can Fly." So I was like, "Oh, that's what it is!" Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like everything clicked. So we didn't really get to. We kind of got the a little bit of it in the in, uh, in the recording. But also we did some post-production. Uh, I did it with a friend of mine, Omri Abramov. And uh, we added some strings. Right. So it kind of sounds, it, now it's it's really, now it's similar. Uh, and I am going, like I changed the harmony a little bit, going between that one major and four minor. Uh, so it's it gets that sound. You know, that's really interesting that you say that too, because I feel like a constant battle when you're writing and or arranging um is just you you play something or or, or write something where you're like wow this sounds like i'm into it you know and then you go and you show it to somebody or at least this is how it always went to me i would go show it to my you know roommate that was a bass player at the time and then he'd be like oh man one second and i swear he would go to his spotify and just pull up a recording he's like this is where that's from and then it's like wow all right i, I thought i was just being hip or something original there or something you know no, I love that it's uh it's not something with it. I saw I watched this uh Michael Brecker um interview recently. That, do you know what I'm talking about? The one I think it said uh North Texas. University of North North Texas or I don't know, some somewhere. Um he has this um he plays and he also talks and, and he's saying, you know, I, I never play anything original, I just play stuff that other people played so i just practiced a bunch of stuff that people played and then i uh i don't say i don't remember how he says it but it's like then i uh some uh insert some uh profanity i i mix it up (laughs) um right yeah and then it's like it just gets scrambled you know and then he just it somehow comes together in a a different way so it kind of reminds me what you're saying. So, you know, I, um, yeah, I, I, I like that there are some influences for, uh, from other things. And it's usually, you know, I, I kind of treat it like a sideman in a way. You know, I'm like, I'm putting both hats on. Like, okay, if this intro is, uh, if that's the inspiration for that intro, then I should play it that way. And I should make everything around it be that way. Cause that's, that's what it is. Right. 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 I mean, I hear that though. It's, you know, um, I don't know. That's so interesting listening to um, that because I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm going on a limb here to say that you'll have had ex- similar experiences. But, you know, when you talk to like the older generations of musicians and we all have this like notion of maybe how a standard goes or something or like something hip that we're doing to it. But then they they tell you that story where it's like, man, actually we did that, you know, or, or <laughs> like, it actually goes like this. And like, this just became so popular, you know, like that chord used to be this chord. And then you listen to you're like, man, that sounds like, you know, it completely changes the color of the tune right then. And it's some people might say, Oh, changing one chord around doesn't do much, but like it completely can't, you know, it, it hears like, if it's in the right spot, it can completely change how you're, hearing what's coming up right after it, you know, which then changes everything about it. Um, so that's so interesting. And that's why I think this music is so cool. Definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's exactly how it felt. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. I Thinking back, that's exactly what happened. I was kind of walking on the street, and uh, I probably just forgot that it's like a flat 7-7 seven, seven there. You know, it's like the first chord is 1, and then a flat 7-7. Seven, seven. And uh, I, I kind of heard that minor 4, and all of a sudden it brings that vibe, you know? It's a different vibe, and that's where the intro came from. And, and, um, and then we're kind of going into like a really you know, like a more uh, relaxed, regular jazz ballad after that. Right, right. And man, that's, um, that's so hard too. So with you, you know, uh, obviously alto player, sax player, you know, I'm sure you've listened to a lot of those album, you know, bird with strings, come on. Like, where do you find the, um, the motivation a lot for playing ballads and not motivation is in that you don't want to play it. I guess inspiration is a better word. Excuse me. Because I think there are so many different approaches to ballads. Uh, I think often horn players get a, a lot of flack for, you know, um, playing too much double time or something on a ballad. Mm -hmm. um, so what is your advice for that? Because I think that, that like playing ballads might be the single most example of like, uh, uh, of a mu musician maturing and like becoming more comfortable in like that slower tempo and really knowing about placement of notes and um, amount of notes and what really matters and what doesn't matter, you know, what's fluff and what's not fluff and, and creating melodies. So, I mean, it's one of the most beautiful things and most difficult things, but mm -hmm. you know, how, um, what 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 do you go there for? You know, is there certain people that you look towards? Is there certain ways that you've worked on? It? You know, looking back now, we're talking seven years ago for some of these recordings. Are there ways that you even look at it differently now with playing ballads? Um, yes. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate what you're saying about this. Uh, I think I think about it in a similar way. It's um, for me. I'm over time. I'm trying more and more to. Um, I guess for with every musician, you try to say more with less, right, over time. And um, thinking about the way it's evolved for me, I think, uh, I mean, I, I can kind of go down the list. Each of them is different. You Don't Know Me, I transcribe the way uh, Ray Charles sings it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that really helped. And... Uh, and I wrote the whole arrangement differently because I, I really got as deep as I could into the way he was singing it. And, um, I think I'll be with you in Apple Blossom time is the one that I'm most playing the most mature way. Um, I'm really playing with the right. least notes. And at that time I was studying with, uh, took lessons with, uh, Lee Konitz and, Lee was uh, just the way he, just uh, trading with him in the lessons. It was incredible because uh, he had so much, um, I don't know even how to describe it, so much power, you know, in the way, even just like singing. Um, we we would trade singing and just the way he would sing, um, it was just, um, so much patience with every note. A lot of times he would 
play, repeat a note a few times. Um, kind of every time is a little different with a little different attack, uh, especially on ballads. And uh, so, yeah, I think I think uh, Lee Cohen is a big influence on me as far as playing ballads and also uh, used in person. Uh, yeah, what were you going to say? That's a very interesting pairing to me because, um, and not for any bad reasons at all, you know, Houston person, phenomenal, without a doubt. And Lee Conant's absolutely amazing. But I think they both in some ways come from different sides of the spectrum, you know, like Houston person in, in some regards, um, if I was to make a comparison playing trumpet, you know, kind of reminds me a little bit of like Sweets Edison vibe, mm -hmm. but then... Lee Konitz has this way of just deconstructing a tune um, in a very melodic and very not, uh, it's it's like not cluttered. You know, it's not like o overtly complicated to where you lose the essence of the mm -hmm. tune, but reimagining it into something else. You know, like there's, I feel like a couple of his recordings and whatnot where it's called like, uh, like I think there's one like improv improvisation 53 or something, you know, and you start listening to it. And then I think you're like seven minutes in when all of a sudden you realize it's all the things you are. <laughs> and you're like, Oh my gosh, like Lee, what are you, <laughs> what's going on? You know? And then all of a sudden you're like going back and, and listening to it all over again and, and, and questioning everything. So that's, that's super interesting to me too, because I think so many people, um, instinctively and it's not wrong that they do this but you know they they say when you look at a ballad or something you know really 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 latch on to the melody and i think when you do that it um it it helps you stay true to the tune absolutely but if you take that more lee Konitz approach or something it's it's gonna open it in a different way you know but knowing how to do that and just um and, and a good balance with staying true to like the original melody, I think is extremely um, difficult, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I think, um, hmm. you know, they uh, kind of thinking about both of them. I think um, they were both. There is an element of uh, kind of rebellion in their playing. I think a little bit definitely in Lee's playing. Because Lee is kind of doing, you know, he was going against what all other saxophone players were playing, as, especially on ballads, and and that's that's the I I like his playing the most on ballads. Um, and Houston Person also, I love the way he plays ballads, and and he's just uh, he's kind of like he's just fearless, the way he plays. Um, yeah. and it's very dynamic. There's a lot of drama element to his playing. So, yeah, I guess I like them for diff. It's different. It's different things that they do, but both of them kind of uh, do things that you don't expect. You know? Yeah, I think they complement each other too. You know, I think they uh, learning either of their strengths kind of helps you. Um work on that balancing game, you know, because I think it's, it's kind of, uh, wild what, what our learning process is. It's like, you have to learn how to do 
all of these things. And then after you learn how to do all of these things, learn to not do all of those things all of the time, because then it's really not that good, you know? True. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, unless you then become like someone like Michael Brecker or Clark Terry, in which case you can do all the things and make it sound like you're doing none of them at the same time. Right. Um, yeah. Well, what are you, what, what, what's going on with you now? We're, we're in this, uh, COVID world, you know, I know we were talking, you're, you're over in Israel now, you know, what are you working on? Are you composing? Are you, you know, focusing specifically on, on shedding something? Do you have like some live uh, streams coming up or whatnot? Like what is, what's going on for you? Uh, as far as live streams, uh, we'll have a, uh, album release party that will be broadcasted live. And it's going to be in November, probably on a Saturday. And uh, hopefully by the time this uh, this is broadcasted, uh, I'll have that information on my uh, social media. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, yeah, so please uh, follow and uh, and see what I'm up to and on my social media. Dean Sur, um, it's just my name on Instagram and Dean Sur Music on Facebook. And... Otherwise, I am. Yesterday, I finished working on an arrangement. Um, I kind of had this idea of uh, writing. You know how everyone is producing on those uh, digital audio stations right now, right? Right. right. Um, and I, you know, f and I, I had this idea. Why won't I try to uh, do a f like a real production on Finale? Hmm. What do you mean by that? Can you go like, like explain a little bit more? Like, I think I know what you're talking about, but explain a little bit more what you're, what you're working on. Uh, so I wrote this arrangement for a singer, uh, from New York. Um, and you know, one, I, we're still working on it. So I, I don't want to say too much about it, but yeah. basically, I mean, the, 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 I mean, as far as the music, um, it's just jazz, but it's a little bit more on the, the way, at least the way I'm, I'm thinking about it, I'm trying to make it more, uh, a little bit more on the pop side. Sure. And, and, um, the way I, I know how to work, uh, on music, how to compose, how to arrange is through scores and, and writing notes. And, and I think, uh, I kind of have a feeling that that process can, can work for those kind of productions also i guess at the end you can also you know uh export it and put it on um logic or you know another software and and figure out the um, the other effects but there's so much to to do with even just uh, uh notation software you know you can instead of fade in and fade out you have crescendo and diminuendo you know like all, we already have all of those tools in, in the music um and i feel like working straight from um keyboard i mean ideally we wouldn't even do that we would probably do you know ideally is just writing writing the score without any instrument but um Man, that'll be that'll be cool to to check out like i'm because i'm not thinking about you know working finale myself and just thinking about like, you know, there definitely is a lot that I think a lot of people don't touch or really get to in that software, you know? 
Yeah, I agree. Like it has that mixer. You have a tons of different uh, uh, sounds. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try to see if I can like buy more sounds or more more samples. But uh, mm-hmm. there's so much to choose from, you know. It's, that's really cool. Um, and it's just for me, it's a way more natural way of uh, working. Coming coming at it from uh, you know from uh, someone who's uh, who's composed with uh, notes. Right, right. Well, look, man, uh, it's it's been a pleasure to talk to you and and, and uh, you know dive into the deep world of uh, of ballads. Um, let's see, single coming out uh, October twentieth, uh, twenty twenty. We it'll be you know all the DSPs, Amazon, I'm sure on your website, on social media, and everything. And then the album coming out um, November sixth. I mean, guys, it's it's going to be a really good album. I think people will really enjoy it. You know, I. I standards you know love for standards and nothing wrong with that whatsoever they're beautiful melodies and i i think people will will really appreciate the uh um care if you will you know that you put into that stuff because obviously you can tell that you're you're very much in love with these uh, um compositions and everything and i think that uh people will be able to hear that in your playing. 